Welcome to the Home Ownership and Marriage Podcast with the Low Property Team, where it is all about running a successful business together and balancing a healthy marriage. Host Jarrell and Brittany Lowe. Purpose and passion is to help you create the life you want by turning your combined passions into generational wealth while sharing what they've learned on their journey with you. Let's get started. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Homeownership and Marriage. And today we are tremendously excited. You guys, I cannot tell you enough of the just the amazing person we have with us today. I think before I just get all giggly and excited, I want to introduce Lydia Pope. She is currently serving as the 32nd president of the National Association of Real Estate. Let me repeat that again, because you need to hear it. She is currently serving as the 32nd president of the National Association of Real Estate Brokers. And the third, Miss Lydia, if I'm getting this right, please remind me, just correct me. And the third woman in its 73-year history. My goodness. Miss Lydia Pope has been in real estate, the real estate industry since 1995 and is currently president and female business owner of two real estate companies in Cleveland, Ohio, E&D Realty and New Era Real Estate Group. She is also a property manager and a female general contractor. The list goes on, but some of those qualifications already there, Ms. Pope, just sounds like some amazing stuff that's on the horizon. Yes, well, thank you for having me. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Miss um, Lydia, if you don't mind just talking a little bit, we're just curious, like the National Association of Real Estate Brokers, like what are you, what, what does that encompass? What are you looking at? What how the challenges that you're tasked with. So, so I'm so happy you asked. So the National Association of Real Estate Brokers is the oldest and largest black organization, real estate trade black organization in the country. You know, when it comes to democracy and housing, when it comes to making sure that every black America should own a home, mm. when it comes to the disparities of systematic racism and assuring that, you know, we're focusing on the community that we're serving, that's our organization. Yeah. We have chapters and boards all around the country. Our national website talks about some of the things that we have to offer and a lot of the services as a black real estate trade group that we are. So we do housing, we do housing counseling, we have attorneys, we have real estate agents, title, mortgage lenders, home inspectors, anything in the real estate industry. We are the national group and we have local boards that's really there within the cities to advocate for you. Miss mm, mm. Lydia, I, you know, I have a set of questions that I did want to ask, but now that you brought this up, I kind of want to I want to uh, detour off a little bit if you're OK with it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. My wife and I, we are really, you know, here in California, we are really just honing in. How do we get that access, equitable resources to families, families of color, black families? We know home ownership is the way, but it's almost like a twofold, right? Some families are tired of hearing real estate agents just feed this pipeline of you need to buy a home, you need to buy a home. But also, how do we get like, what are some things that we can be doing to get these resources to more families um, so we can really hone in on driving the message that homeownership is the way for us? That's what we believe. And we trying to just figure out that steps of my goodness, we need our minority, our black families to jump into this field. And I feel like that's the first start in really having to say so like. 
dictating what you're doing with your property, setting up your family for generational wealth, things that could possibly come with the benefits of home ownership. Yes. So when it comes to our organization, as I went back on our history, so we call ourselves real TIST. And to give you some backdrop, that's going to pour right into California, the communities that you're looking to serving and how do you buy this home? How do you get into real estate? So NARAP, there are actually four trade groups for those who don't know, or four groups. You have the National Association of Hispanics, and they're known as, as NARA. You have ARIA, which is the Asians. You have the LGBTQ, which is the Lions. You have NAR which is predominantly Caucasian, but there are Blacks as part of NAR. And mm-hmm. then you have us as NARAP. Uh, we're the Black realtors. So 75 years ago, Blacks were not allowed to be a part of the National Association of Realtors. Mm-hmm. So that's how we form. Now, we all partner together today yeah. because of a lot of the shared access to equity and equality. But that was our history of why we were formed. So within the city of California, we're finding out there's so many programs that's out there, so many down payment programs yeah. that our black homeowners don't know that exist. Yeah. Um, so our goal as a national industry, a national real estate trade group, is that for you, we have a local board. It's called Consolidated Board of Realtors, right in the heart of California, or Los Angeles. They own their own building. Mm-hmm. Um, the realtors members within that state um, that can really assist yeah. And knowing all the programs out there. Remember, we're full of more we're mortgage lenders, real estate agents, we're housing counselors for HUD approved agencies. So we do a lot of resources, we have a lot of resources available in yeah. our organization just for you if you're looking to buy a home. And then you want to know what is it that you need to do because what we find out is that African American are the highest level when it comes to loan level pricing. When I say loan level, they're the most when it comes to discriminative pricing and mm-hmm. lending. So you're getting a higher rate, a person with a 700 score, you can have the same score, but your interest rate is going to be higher. That's loan level pricing. So these are things that you want to make sure that your realtor is is advocating and you're working with the realtor so that we can assure looking at your closing disclosure, looking at your loan estimate, just to make sure that you don't, there are no discriminative practices as a black homeowner within the city that you're living in. Mm. That is powerful right there. And I definitely will be reaching out to the Los Angeles chapter just so I can be equipped and well prepared. I think that is just an amazing offer for families in the state. I do want to talk a little bit about the current state of the real estate market. We can uh, I'll share a little bit about California. Maybe you can tell me a little bit about your current real estate market and we can possibly touch on nationally. In California, there's a housing shortage. There's about 1.8 million families that are uh, pinned up right now. There's not enough demand. Uh, Of course, families have locked into those low interest rates and are not in that place of wanting to sell right now. And the month or year over year is just totally down for us. And a lot of families are kind of on that sideline saying, I'll just wait for interest rates to drop. And what we're seeing from the feds right now is they're not budging. They're kind of just holding steady. Is that some, are you guys experiencing some of that uh, in where you're at right now? Absolutely. So around the country, it's just, and it's like you said, it's in California, it's in Ohio, where I am, and plenty of other states around the country. Number one, there's a housing shortage. Mm. Definitely a, a low inventory, no properties, plenty of buyers, but no properties. Okay. Secondly, we have a high interest rate. And the challenge with the 
high interest rates. And again, they just went up again today. So we're higher. FHA is now, I think, a seven and a half, seven point oh five percent. So it went up a little bit as well today. But where we're going with that with the high interest rates, a lot of times home buyers are still being, especially black home buyers, are being priced out of the market because of their high debt to income ratio. We got to remember when you talk about black home ownership, there's a and generational wealth, there's a lot of pieces to this pie. Yeah. The average black homeowner compared to a white homeowner, has higher student loans, have lesser down payment, their credit scores may be a little bit less. This is not all, but this is what the national industry has on record. And so we go through the data, which is the data that comes out every year. It talks about the statistics on Black home ownership and where they're at. So you add all that together, you have a low pre-approval, which Mm -hmm. means you don't qualify for as high already in a market that's being shorted out with low inventory. So NARAB says, what do we do about this? We understand that we want to go to Congress. We talk to our GSEs. That's great and all, but that's long-term. You can't go right into Congress and make make things happen right away. It takes time. So what do you do while you're taking time, while you're waiting? When NARAB's taking a couple of approaches instantly, one of our approaches, and this is in California as well, is number one, we signed an agreement with the African-American Mayors Associations called AMA. And in that agreement, what it says is that it's time that the city officials release a lot of those land bank properties mm-hmm. that are being sold to investors, mm-hmm. that we're getting our Black homeowners to buy those properties, release them to our home buyers. So then it helps increase the inventory. Yeah, yeah. Secondly, yeah, but- we have a developers academy. We're trying to develop some of these uh, rehabilitate some of these dilapidated properties that can go to low to moderate income families that can purchase a home within the city. So we're doing some on the ground things now so that, so that we can help to increase some of that inventory because there's none right now. Yeah, no, that is so true. And for listeners that are listening right now, uh, Miss Lydia Pope is dropping so much a game. We're talking about uh, the land bank. We're talking about opportunities to get into the homes. For those, Miss Pope, real quick, that don't understand the land bank or, you know, those properties that are associated with it, could you just break that down if you could quickly? And as we, what we're understanding is that part of what I'm realizing is we can't talk about home ownership. We can't talk about these opportunities to move forward if we don't address the racial wealth gap. And the racial wealth gap is what has set the black community so far. It is, it is a, it's a gap that is so crazy that we have to address that first before we venture into home ownership and then start to address some of these things that are happening at the micro, micro level. Some of these things that are happening at the local level. And that's what Miss Lydia Pope is talking about today. Miss Pope, real quick, what should we expect for third and fourth quarter, 2023? What are you thinking? So for the third and fourth quarter, what we're predicting, number one, um, high interest rates, as you can see, mm-hmm. is still there. We are predicting, though, that the inventory is still at a, at a level where it's not stable. Yeah. So that's why we have to be creative on inventory new development, land bank properties, rehabilitated properties, properties that will allow us to be able to have more inventory because at this time, the market is still slow. And so we don't see that market changing much for 2023, maybe even going into 2024. Hmm. But at the same time, while we're there, we need to start preparing. So homeowners, I mean, home buyers is interested in purchasing, start making sure you have you have your credit right, get ready, because when that boom comes flowing through, 
it's going to just flood the gates and you have to be ready. So that's why right now is a good window for folks to get ready. Get ready to buy that home. Get your credit check. Make sure you're good. Get your lender. Get all that set in place. Do your workshops. Understand what it is to buy a home. (laughs) So when a person does it and the market does open back up, you'll be ready for it. Oh, my goodness. That is so true. Miss Lydia, we have been speaking with clients, right? And part of the natural conversation, they always ask, Jarrell, when are the interest rates going to go back down? Are they are they going to go back down to two and three? And what we have said, what we tell families, don't expect that. Please, that was probably a once in a lifetime type thing. What are your thoughts on that, Miss Lydia? Yeah, come, you know, yeah, and, and I, I totally agree. That's that's a time that you have to remember during the pandemic. Um, the lenders lost. And that was their way of recovering. So that was a short-term window of recovery. Now that they have recovered and they're now going back down again, um, I don't see the rates changing um, to that low for some time. So that was just a window that, you know, you have to remember that was just a short window of time. But you have to also understand that you have a choice. Either you're going to stay at your rental or you're going to buy a home. Yes, the rates may be higher, but you got to look at the longevity of the equity you're building in your home. For every year you wait, waiting for the interest rates to go down, you're losing thousands of dollars as a homeowner and you're losing equity that you could have built. You know, you bought that house a year later, it may have appreciated 10 to 12 percent. So guess what? That 10 to 12 percent eats up that. And then I tell my clients, look at it this way. You have a 7% interest rate. You buy a house for 30 years. Your payment is sustainable. Well, make a little bit more in your payment every single month to change that 30 year to a 15 or 20 year and pay that mortgage off early. So there's ways to really come across that. And if the rates does decide to come down, you just refinance it at a smaller amount of years, you know, to have a left to have the same payment or lesser payment. So I would say don't stop buying a home. You you know, real estate is the biggest asset in the country. It's the biggest wealth building Enough equity in your house pays for your kids' college. It pays for you to do other investments in real estate. It pays for being an investor through the stock market. There's so many ways, but that equity in your property is your tool to wealth building. Can we, okay, I got to go off track real quick because you're preaching to me right now and I need to hear this. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about that wealth building, the opportunities that come with home ownership. What we tell families is, Never sell grandma's house. Why? Because you can leverage grandma's house to prepare your children, the grandchildren, the great-grandchildren. Sometimes I think the challenge is we have not gotten out of ourselves to think about the lineage, like think two or three generations down the line. What does homeownership do in the context of wealth building? Some of those things that you just listed right there. Oh, my. I mean, it's, 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 and I'm going to take you back, you know. Grandma's house, you got to remember throughout the time, she may have paid that house off and say, or have a little smaller mortgage on the property. And instead of saying, oh, I don't want to be in a neighborhood, so I'm not going to, I don't care about the house. I'm going to let it go. You have let go the biggest wealth in America. Do you know that if you keep that property, and number one, what a lot of Black folks don't know is when you go to buy the property from grandma, even if she don't will it, you say, I'm going to purchase it from her or him or them then there's a gift of equity that you can utilize within the equity of your property and not have to put a down payment down. Buy that property, let it build as well. And guess what? When you own the house, your children, education, the things you can do with that, and, and that can probably take you to another level, still keeping that same property 
and being able to buy you another property as a down payment. And I just sold my daughter and my son a house, my house a couple of years ago. You know, my husband and I, we moved. And so instead of taking my house, that's a family home. That's a home that my children grew up in. I'm not going to just give that house away. I gave it to my children. I've had two houses across the street from each other. And I sold them both to my children, my son and daughter. Guess what? They can keep the house. They can wheel it. They can be able to do an Airbnb with it. And that's actually what my daughter's doing with her house. She's doing an Airbnb with her property and making making financial income off of that one piece of property. And she got equity in it. She bought the house for $80,000. It's worth like one sixty now within a three-year window because the market shot up like the stock market did. So she's almost got 50% equity in her house. Guess what? Now, and she can go buy another house. So that's what wealth building is about. It's about the equity that you have in your property. Don't give it up. Keep it. That's, Keep it and hold it and pull it to generation. Uh, man, we're taking it to church today. I tell you that because, <laughs> you know, for me, I, I want to give you two examples. We just this earlier this year, we helped a family. Um, prayers with their family. Uh, grandma went past and um, went on to be in heaven. Uh, the two kids was out of state and they didn't want to live in the property. They didn't want nothing to do with it, wanted to sell it. And for me, you know, there's that internal conflict of being a realtor and trying to support them with their endeavor. And also the in, the Jarrell being like, you guys don't want to sell this. Don't sell this. Grandma bought the property for 87000 We sold that property for eight twenty. Two bedroom, one bath, eight twenty. And I was wow. like, you guys, the house was paid off. You can pull a HELOC on it and just start to set up your children or here, I'm going to take care of the college fund or do an Airbnb. And, you know, people don't, I don't think it necessarily registers until we're in that actual event or having that real life experience. And then I tell people all the time with our current house, my wife and I bought our, our newest house, our second home last year. The gentleman passed. The two kids were down in Southern California. We're in Northern California. They wanted nothing to do with the house. They asked 500000 We threw an offer at 400000 It was on the market for about 50 days. And I said, hey, if they take it, they take it. If they don't, they don't. They took it. And I was like, oh, gosh, I wasn't prepared for them to take it. But <laughs> this is where you, I think kind of twofold. When Miss Lydia Pope is talking about getting ready, right? We don't know when the boom's going to happen. We don't know when the market's going to surge. But I think when she shared about getting ready right now, starting with your credit, starting with your DTI, get with the lender that's going to help you clean up these things. So you're not trying to get ready at the last moment and missing out on opportunities like this that could be coming available to the market. And please, like I continue to share with folks, don't sell grandma's house. Let's find a way to repurpose grandma's house and let this be like, I, I say this and I hope I hope I can reach a couple of listeners. My grandmother, Murr, um, was big mama. And all, I think it was 12 cousins, we all came to that house when it was family reunions, when it was Sunday dinners, whatever that is. And I think we need to hold on to our properties and leverage them to increase our wealth, increase our opportunities, but more importantly, provide stable blocks for kids. So we're not starting below zero. We're starting ahead 
which most, I think, other uh, ethnic backgrounds are doing. I don't want to get carried on, but I, I really just wanted to add my two cents as I was sitting in the background playing the tambourine. Ms. No, 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 that's, that's, that's important because you have to also remember that when you start to take away that property, you have to also look at the fact that it goes to now a whole new gentrification stage yeah. where that house that was Big Mama's house, you sell it later on in life, you find out that, that that now there's community development that's development right in the neighborhood that Big Mama's house was in. And they took that same house, they refurbished it, gave it a different, added some tax credits onto it and sold it to the same person, sold it to a family for way more money yeah. than anything. Yeah. So now you're not only taking away the gentrification, you're creating gentrification into the neighborhood. You're not keeping your black community where it is because you're thinking yeah. about selling to get out of the community. You don't understand that folks are coming back into your own city, buying up your properties that you could have kept. My goodness. And I think that's what, for speaking of Northern California, I, I'm not too familiar with L.A., like what the market's going through. But Oakland, my area, it's being gentrified and it has been like this has been a 10 year process and now it's like oh my goodness they're really getting into the hood where we all grew up and it's it's only a matter of time it's the scary part i just want to wrap this up real quick i got one more question if you don't mind you spoke a little bit about how buyers should prepare going into 2024 can you tell me how sellers should be preparing going into 2024 so for sellers the most important thing for them is having your house ready the blessing on sellers is because it's low inventory. Yeah. You can buy, you can still sell a house as is. Um, you're going to get the best value for your property due to the fact that there's less inventory. But as a seller too, you want to make sure that you have versatile um, decisions when it comes to comparables on your house. You want to make sure you short yourself is one thing. And then the second thing, sellers, when you're preparing for your house to sell and you decide to sell your property, you get a profit off of that. Are you buying another property? And if that is the case, hopefully your real estate agent and your lender, your title folks know about the 1031 tax exchange. So you're not paying capital gains on that income that you're bringing in. So be smart and wise as a seller as well. Don't let your money just be taxed. Yeah. Let it be tax deductible when it comes to you selling, knowing where your funding is going to go. So that's the flip side of being a seller is knowing that you're not paying taxes on that high money. But as far as your property value, making sure you have enough comparables to make a really good decision. But I will say this, if it's priced correctly, don't overprice it. Mm. You can get more. Don't overprice the sellers. <laughs> Let the real estate agents do their job because they know the value because this is what they do all year, all day, just like you do your job. Yeah. So once they give you that value, stick to that value. I promise you it'll sell quickly, but if it don't sell fast, it's because you overpriced it. That's yeah. the only reason why it didn't sell. Yeah. Every house in America sells at the right price. Oh my goodness. And Miss Lydia, I just want to say a lot of conversations with sellers and sometimes I have to remind them, stop chasing the 2020 market. Let's look and see what the market's doing right now and price it correctly. Let's go a little bit under and drive our marketing plan so we can get the foot traffic in there and we can get that offer that you desire. But the problem is if you're chasing that, that pandemic market, we're going to run into some hiccups and we might be sitting a little longer than expected. You're going to uh, hire, you're gonna hire the agent, hire the agent, let them do their job. This amen. is what they do. Amen. Uh, last one. Any specific trends you're seeing that folks are, should be paying attention to right now? Yeah, the biggest trends that we're seeing now is the Airbnbs. But you also have to be careful with that. 
Airbnbs are great. They're wonderful. But every market is different. Some have taken Airbnbs out of their communities and there's mm-hmm. certain specification and now ordinances about the Airbnb. So that's something that you're interested in, which is a great way to be and do. It's a good financial gain. Just make sure you know your city ordinances before you purchase an Airbnb property with the anticipation that you're going to have funding in that direction. So that's the most important thing people must know. Oh, man, that is fire. And I just have to say, Miss Miss Lydia Pope, I am so grateful for you taking the time today. Thank you so much. Listeners out there, today we were joined with the fabulous, so educational National Association Real Estate Brokers President, Miss Lydia Pope over in the Ohio area that is graciously giving us information about how we can improve the Black community with home ownership. One, two, how can we close that wealth gap? Three, how do we educate ourselves to prepare for what's to come? I think this is a big step. And Ms. Lydia, I definitely appreciate you taking the time today to uh, just join us on the show. I want to say thank you so much. And actually, as of three days ago, I am the immediate past president. Oh. Um, joined by a new past, a new president, Women to Women, the first time we've made history in our association, two women back to back on our national presidency. But it's really been an honor to serve this organization. I will be on the foundation and our past presidents still doing the democracy and housing and mentoring our new president that we just installed a few days ago. So this is all new and fresh on the market here. But we're still here and I'm still here and excited. Oh, that is such an awesome thing. So we're now our fourth woman. In 73 Our fourth years. woman, yes. We're breaking some glass ceilings here. So we're so excited about the new venture for her um, as we work with her um, through her whole journey. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm very excited. But yeah, this has been our vision for these last three years is really focusing on home ownership and what's happened through our industry. So I thank you so much for having me on there to serve and to talk about what's happening within the industry, where, we're, where we were, where we're at, and where we're going. Oh, man, that's it. As always, you can reach out to us across all social media platforms at Low Property Team. If you have questions for Miss Lydia Poe, send them to us. We'll send them directly to her, and we'll get you guys connected. There's great things that's coming. I think she also shared there's a real list almost in every state for California. It's in Los Angeles. If you need that information, reach out to me. I'll give it to you. Let's get you connected to the individuals that's going to help you achieve your goal of home ownership. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Home Ownership and Marriage with the Low Property Team. If you would like more information, helpful resources, or would like to book a personal consultation with the Lowe's, head over to lowpropertyteam.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, Jarrell and Brittany would be so grateful if you shared their podcast with a friend and leave them a review on iTunes or wherever you are listening. The Low Property Team would like to say thank you for supporting their show and being a listener. See you next time on another episode of Home Ownership and Marriage.